Welcome to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. Are you trying to master the game of life without success? There are secrets and strategies to living your best life. We'll share some of them with you on today's show. Take advantage of this series to become an expert at relationships. All relationships. It's time to live the life that you deserve to live. Now, here's your host, Sandra Reich. Hello and welcome to Straight Talk with Sandra Breach, a show about living your very best life. Um, I, you know, I never say this at the beginning of the show, but somebody brought it to my attention that I should mention that I am a licensed psychotherapist. This is what I do. Um, I work with people uh, with anxiety and learning to live their best life. And every week on the show, I try to choose a topic that shows up in my practice or at one of my retreats. Um, and I try to ask another uh, psychotherapist or psychologist to join on the show uh, to really try to break apart these issues. And today's topic is one that I think is a big one. It's uh, resentment. And I think it's very important because in my talks, I talk often about the importance of anger. So let's start with that. Anger is an adaptive emotion. You need it. It's important. If you've been listening to straight talk, you've learned that if you have a boundary, your anger is going to come up that. We like that. And we'll get more into the nitty gritty about that later. But resentment is really a flu. It's a virus that lives in your body and it wreaks havoc on your relationships, on your health, and on your life. So first of all, if you want to join the conversation, 1-866-472-5792. You can always call in and ask us a question. You can email us at info at helpforanxietydepression.com or if you prefer to text, it's 1-514-796-4357. Truth be told, let me introduce my guest and I'll tell you my truth be told in a moment. So I've asked the wonderful and brilliant clinical counselor, Melissa Hindley, to join me on this topic. And the truth be told is we had very few minutes before the show to discuss what's going on here, what the plan is. But I know I feel very good about having you here because I think you're as interested in this topic as I am. So Mm -hmm. first first of all, top clinical counselor, a brilliant woman and someone who works at the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression and works with couples and individuals. Welcome back to Straight Talk, Melissa. Thank you. And I loved how you started off the show by saying, because we really want to do normalize that. It, it, well, for those of you who know me, I love emotions. I talk about emotions all the time in my practice. Yeah, that's your thing. That's, that's why thing. I knew you had to be on the show. Yeah, that's my thing. And, uh, and so... You know, I love how you started it off by saying that anger is very normal. Uh, it's a healthy emotion. It teaches. It's like our compass. It's it gives us direction. Mm. It it's useful information. The problem is that sometimes uh, we we weren't taught how to regulate our emotions. Yeah. So a lot of the times they come out maybe in unhelpful ways, and resentment is one of them. Yeah, and I, you know, I just start by saying that you know these days I see when I work I see couples often, and one thing is when a couple is in resentment flu, yeah, uh, often it's very hard to get them out. It's yeah. when you've gone to that place where you're just bitter, bitter, bitter. Um, often you just check out of the relationship and you're not interested in making it better. Because would you agree that there are some little payoffs to being resentful mm-hmm. there's a lot of pay fa- payoffs to yeah. being resentful do you want to talk about that because yeah. I think that's important sure I wanted to address too that resentment actually comes from I think it's important to break down where the actual Ooh, word like comes from and then we can talk about definitely because there's definitely payoffs uh, for being resentment and and uh, I have a lot to say about that Ooh, but 
actually, if you look at the word and you break it down, resentment actually comes from, it's actually a French word. So if we bring, Ooh, if, if we bring, break it down, sentiment is a French word for what? Feelings. Feelings, right. Yeah. And we know that because we're in Montreal, Quebec, Canada, just to, in case you're listening some faraway place. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, sentiment is the feeling. Yeah. And her, R-E. Oh, so the sentiment is resentment, sentiment. That's what you're talking about. Yeah. Sentiment. Sentiment. Sentiment is feeling. a feeling. Oh, my God, and, Melissa, you're so smart. This is and, so interesting. And her, the first part of the word of resentment is R-E also stands for again. So if we literally take the transition in French, it's feeling again. That's Mm -hmm. good. I like that. Yeah. And that's why anger is the healthy part, the the feeling that when we express it healthily, you know, we don't end up feeling angry anymore because it came out in a very helpful way. But the problem with resentment is that we're feeling this emotion over and over and over again. And it doesn't really help change the person. You know, we we think that by staying stuck in resentment that it's going to change the other person or it's going to help resolve the conflict, but it actually only ends up hurting ourselves. Yeah. And it's interesting because we're going to definitely talk about the psychological components, but I want to make sure to get out there right away because you know I have a very big passion about health too. And resentment has been linked Mm. with almost every disease. Mm. And when I'm talking about diseases, I'm talking about the bad ones like cancer and Mm. chronic diseases. Uh, There's been lots of research done that people who are filled with resentment are very prone to getting these medical conditions. Yeah. And we see that a lot. And so it's almost as if like, again, re, if we go into resentment, we, we replay the feelings. So we replay in our mind. These are signs that we might feel resentful is that we're replaying the feelings and we're replaying the event that led up to it. And that's why sometimes we see in a lot of our clients, they get kind of stuck in the story, mm. you know, of and like they keep repeating, repeating the, story. the story over and over. Okay. So now's my payoff question so okay so you're listening to straight talk right now you had a fight with your husband or a fight with your wife and you know who knows a month ago six months ago maybe six years ago maybe 16 years ago and you know who you are if you're listening you are right now able to access that story and tell it to yourself over and over again and each time you get more and more annoyed is there a payoff for this? And mm-hmm. what is it, Melissa? Mm-hmm. Well, I think sometimes what I see in my clients is that sometimes we use, like exactly what you're saying, we get stuck in the story and we sometimes use this resentment to like replay our childhood wounds. You know, so for example, if I was dismissed in my childhood, you know, if I felt not heard and dismissed, I'm going to be very sensitive or hypersensitive when someone else, dis- when I feel whether it's true or not, that I feel dismissed, I'm going to feel very sensitive because it's a feeling that I felt before in my past. And if I hold on to the story that if I say that everyone now dismisses me and I'm not heard, then maybe a payoff and, you know, whether or not it is true, uh, it's how I perceive. So that's, that's what's important. And so maybe the payoff for me is that if I keep feeling unheard, um, then I can stay into that victim mode. Yeah. Right. Okay, so that's very important. You know, I'm just coming back. I want to send a shout out to the beautiful, incredible women who came and did work on empowerment. I heard so much good things about it. Yeah, it was really special. Um, And this is a theme that comes up. We do retreats on this. Uh, That also another payoff on top of being a victim is that as long as you're in your resentment and feeling sorry for yourself, you also don't have to do the hard work that is necessary to change your behavior and perhaps your partner's behavior. So it is not for the faint hearted 
to go to your partner and say, I'm not happy with you. You know, I teach this stuff. I think I'm pretty good at it. Mm-hmm. I had something yesterday with my partner. I'm not going to go into it, but a small little blip mm-hmm. that I wasn't happy about something. And I still, having done this for years and years, there was still a part of me going, ah, let it go. Mm-hmm. Let it go. And I didn't do, I didn't let it go. And it is, the reason I didn't let it go is because I don't want resentments. And even though it can be classified as a small issue, if it's something that bothers you, it doesn't disappear just because you say, let it go. So we had sort of like about a 45 minute sort of, not horrible, but eh, not a fun exchange. You know, we had to dissect it and we're from two different worldviews as, you know, couples always are. And it took a while to get through it. But the advantage of having a good conflict, which is something we've talked about often here, is when it was worked through, we're done with it. Yeah, you could put that feeling, like that feeling doesn't come up and it doesn't exactly. affect you in different ways. Exactly. Yeah. And that's how I immunize myself against resentment because I think that it's very easy. And I think women in particular like... Mm-hmm. Or are not like they're used to sort of taking it, taking it, taking it. You know, we had women at this retreat saying things like, I'm a very nice woman until I get triggered and then I become this horrible dragon lady. And I say, bring me a dragon lady and I'll show you someone who's been sucking it up too much for Mm. too long. Mm. You're on the street and you see a woman go crazy on a man and we society will go, that's a crazy woman. Mm -hmm. I don't know about that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't know what's going on there. How Mm -hmm. much has she been taking before she got to there? So Mm -hmm. that's not a good strategy. But again, Mm -hmm. it gives us information about insight. Yeah, we should be careful Mm -hmm. about that so um why do you think people get so stuck in this idea of sucking it up and mm-hmm. which is the recipe for resentment flu would you agree yeah and so yeah because if we're if we're angry and we suck it up right because maybe we've been taught in our past like there's a lot of messages that we might be might have been taught in our childhood right like how we saw our parents or our caregivers uh, express their feelings are going to be somewhat how we express our own feelings. And so if we've been taught that maybe, you know, my needs are not important or maybe, you know, and that's why a lot of the times we suppress these feelings, because in the past we've learned that this, let's say, anger, since we're talking about resentment, has been dangerous to us once in the past you know we've learned that this feeling got us into trouble and as children we couldn't defend ourselves and we couldn't express ourselves so Mm. we learned that this feeling once got us into trouble and so even though rationally we know you know sometimes we it it won't be the same trouble but there still might be consequences right Mm. if 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 our partner can't hear us or if um you know if they if they get triggered and then they become reactive then it kind of teaches us that you know, it's easier to stay quiet. It's easier not to say anything, not to start a conflict. Easier in the short term, but short perhaps term. not easier in the long term. No. I mean, I get that. Who wants a conflict? Who wants an uncomfortable mm-hmm. situation? Yeah. Um, again, we're we're um, talking about resentment and a, a term that I heard coined by John Gray, who's been on this show, the resentment flu, mm. you know, when it starts to pervade everything in your life. Do you find yourself bitter? Are you that person in traffic who's so angry when something happens? Because I do wonder about the people in traffic who are, you know, I understand getting annoyed. I get annoyed too, but people sometimes look murderous. Mm. Um, You can't help but wonder how much other anger they're holding in. And when we come back, we'll go back to the topic of anger being a healthy emotion and resentment not being a healthy emotion, which confuses people because some people think they're the same thing and they really are not. So we'll be right back on Straight Talk with Sandra Reich.
your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Join the therapist who is affectionately known as the couple whisperer, Sandra Reich, on her famous couple retreats and change your life forever. Sandra offers couple retreats in beautiful locations several times a year that can radically change your love life. Couples describe her retreats as life-changing. Regain that loving feeling. Bring your intimacy to a new level and rediscover excitement and joy. Find out more at HelpForAnxietyDepression.com or call 514-796-4357. We all want love and safety. Now you can have it. Call 514-796-4357 or HelpForAnxietyDepression.com. Change your life forever with the latest cutting-edge products for home study treatment for anxiety, featuring the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression and host of Straight Talk, Sandra Reich. Sandra is joined by top therapist Georgia Dow in this revolutionary anxiety videos therapy series. Thousands of people have benefited from this scientifically proven treatment approach. Isn't it time you chose yourself? Visit anxiety-videos.com right now. That's anxiety-videos.com and change your life forever. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. To connect with the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Now, back to Straight Talk. Here's Sandra Reich. Okay, so we're back with Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. Today we're talking about resentment. Uh, the resentment flu and how resentment is not really the most adaptive emotion and one that you may have fallen into. Uh, you know, perhaps you've been suffering in silence for just too long in your relationship and you do feel better and it's become your norm to get together with other people and talk about how awful your relationship is or how awful your work is or how awful your sister is, whatever. Um That's another thing about uh, bitterness and resentment. It feeds on each other. And strangely, in our society, we feed it. We like to get together with people. and We like to complain a lot. Um, And I understand that. I'm not above that. Uh, But I've learned in life a trick, which is negativity begets negativity. So uh, doing that is not going to make your job or your partner better. It's probably going to make you start to feel very much in the martyr position. Uh, We've talked about the victim position. The martyr position is the one that's very self-sacrificing and says things. And this this client, by the way, shows up in therapy resentful and says to the therapist, probably says to you, Melissa, it's a clinical counselor, I'm not happy with the way my partner is behaving. And when the counselor or the therapist gives them the strategy, the client says, yes, but. Mm -hmm. You've seen this in your Mm -hmm. office because I've seen this a lot in mine. Mm -hmm. Yes? Yeah. Okay. So when a client says to you, yes, but, what's going on? Well, there's part of them that that is not able to see their role in it. Right? Right. Definitely when... When uh, when there's feelings of resentment that they martyr that they do all these things for everybody else, right? It's, and then they feel that uh, that 
you know, it's not being returned, they end up getting really resentful. Okay. And so part of the reason what, what I would help my clients, which you talk about a lot, is to look at, well, what is what is your role in that? Yeah. Right? Right. And but they don't want. That's the thing. No. They say yes. They don't they want to look yeah, at their role. Yeah. They want to get back to looking at their partner's role. Yeah. And then. And What's that, wrong with that? Well, is there something wrong with that? Well, because yes. we can't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, because you know we can't we can't change the other person. And I when I heard this quote because. I heard this really good quote that said, like, uh, as you were talking about with uh, resentment and other people, and we sometimes don't want to look at our role, and we just kind of keep this complaining towards everybody else. It's like, resentment is like drinking poison. Oh, and, yes. And That's waiting the for the, quote. yeah, it's like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. Oh, yeah. It's the quote. Mm-hmm. It's been attributed to a lot of different people, including Buddha. Yeah. Um, it's the quote. And it's so true. Like when you sit there and you're like, oh, you're the one who's suffering, not the other person. It's the best quote ever. Repeat it again, Melissa. Yeah. So resentment is like drinking the poison and waiting for the other person to die. Yeah, it's not going to work too well. Nope. So back to this idea of, you know, if you're, you know, if a client in front of me is giving me the yes, but to me, part of it is that they don't really want a solution. Although they say they want a solution, they don't necessarily want a solution and they prefer to stay in this role. The other thing that I think is important to mention is that another payoff is it sets up good guy, bad guy syndrome. Mm -hmm. So I'm the good guy because Mm -hmm. I'm suffering in silence, all this stuff I'm tolerating Mm -hmm. and you husband or wife, whoever, are the bad guy. Yeah. Okay. And sometimes since we're so insecure about whether we are solid citizens ourselves, Mm -hmm. sometimes it's really, there is comfort into saying your husband's the bad guy Mm -hmm. because it means you're the good guy. Mm -hmm. And that I have to say, as someone who's been doing this for a long time, seems to be very addictive for Mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. People get stuck on that. Mm -hmm. In a relationship, if we're looking for a good guy and a bad guy, we're on the wrong tangent right away. I believe in couple counseling. Um, we, You're both good guys and you're both bad guys, right? Because mm-hmm. it takes two to tango. We have a bit of both. Yeah, we, we do. We have negative traits and we have positive traits. Right, right. And it's, it's just not as simple as that. No. Life is not, you, you say this a lot and you, you know I say it a lot too. One of my clients told me that you say it now too, is dichotomous thinking is black or white thinking is you're good or you're bad you're smart or you're stupid mm-hmm. no mm-hmm. you're always both mm-hmm. which is hard for our egos to handle but that means if you think you're really smart like let's get real you're also stupid mm-hmm. and that sounds radical on the radio but let me explain you can be really smart at psychology and really bad really visually this is true of me visually spatially mm-hmm. terrible like i cannot picture anything anywhere anytime i yep. don't have that ability which is part of the iq test yeah so you can be smart and stupid yeah and you true. can be a good guy and a bad guy at the same time how can you be a good guy and a bad guy melissa i gave my example what's yours well i could be i could sometimes be very i'm overly giving a lot of the times right that that's what i'm working on but i could be overly caring and overly giving but sometimes you know i can also hurt somebody without realizing that i did yeah of right? course so meaning you could be a bad guy yeah 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 without without meaning to without meaning to mm-hmm. but i would go further i would push you further than that melissa <laughs> i would say if you were my client let's look at when you might have been a bad guy even with knowing it because we've all been bad guys. So yeah. if you were in my office, I'd be pushing you to find out, have you ever been a bad guy? Have you ever been a bad guy? 
I don't think so. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Because your partner probably might say something different. Maybe. But not, he wouldn't, I'm not saying he would like go after you, yeah. nor would I say my partner would go after me, but he might feel that there's a behavior you do that he's told you not to do that you keep doing. Probably. Which is being a bad guy, right? Yeah. Because that's our definition, right? If you do something that would hurt me and you do it, you must be a bad guy. But like, Mm -hmm. you see, the reason we're having this conversation is because you don't always realize Mm -hmm. what we're doing. We realize what we're doing, but we don't see it. That's our blind spot. We don't see what it's like for the other person. No, we don't see it. And and that's where a lot of the resentment can come in because it feels like the same arguments maybe over and over over and over happening. Yeah. And, you know, we might look at, uh, you know, we might look at, uh, you know, what, and then we might get defensive or we might blame the other person of what they're doing. And so it becomes like how you work a lot on dances, it becomes this dance where the other person feels more critical and the other person gets more defensive. And they're both feeling resentment, right? Okay, yeah, absolutely. So for people listening, because there's people listening now who have the resentment flu and they're already in it, Melissa. They're there, they're bitter. They don't want to, I know people personally who don't want to even have a confrontation with their partner, not because they can't, but because they don't even feel like investing in their partner anymore Mm -hmm. because their partner has been a source of disappointment Mm -hmm. nonstop. Mm What would you say to someone like that? Mm -hmm. What would be like, they're really bitter. Mm -hmm. Life has dealt them a rough deck of cards. We all grew up with the Cinderella story. We Mm -hmm. all thought, you know, we're going to sail into the sunset like Julia Roberts and Pretty Woman. Mm -hmm. It didn't work out that way. We're not happy. Mm -hmm. I'm bitter. What do I do? Yeah. Well, first, I would really look at the the first part before, because I do think that looking at their their role in it. Right. And how we talked about at the beginning, sometimes we stay stuck in this, like as if as if we're drinking the poison and waiting for the other person to die or to fail. Right. So I would definitely look at their role. But before looking at their role, I would definitely want to validate and understand why this is happening. Because remember when I talked about before is that often this feeling like the feeling that you're having now that you're stuck in resentment it's a very good clue and a sign that you felt this way before in the past Mm, that's so true and so a lot of times if if we're staying stuck in resentment and we're not expressing ourselves healthily we must have had a really good reason in the past to shut down our feelings that's interesting Mm -hmm. could you explain that a little bit more so you're saying that in if I was in resentment in my childhood, maybe it was interesting for me to keep those feelings to myself. Yeah, that that uh, you know that we've learned at a very young age that we had to keep our heart and our feelings hidden, mm. right? And and that remember I said before that that feeling must have been very dangerous. That as soon as we, you know, in order to have, and I can relate to my life, like in order to have a stable parent, I had to shut down my feelings. Right. Right. In order to have uh, a a parent that wasn't angry, I had to hide my own anger. I had to hide my own feelings. Okay. And so therefore that taught me very important messages and that helped me as a child. And for you, that's going through the same thing that helped you as a child to shut down your feelings because you couldn't. You couldn't protect yourself. You couldn't defend yourself as a child. We we are defenseless as a child, and we need them to as a caregiver. We need them for survival. But now, as an adult, the problem is that we live with these same rules, and we grow up feeling that you know other people are not going to be able to handle our emotions, and so we grow up with this rule, and so then we start to replay that in our relationships we replay that in 
in a lot of our our d- different uh, aspects of our lives and so then therefore we feel like maybe it's not uh, okay to express my feelings or I'm going to start a conflict or maybe I don't know what I need right now or maybe I try to ask for things but I'm not really assertive like there's many different ways that it might come out and so I would definitely want to validate and understand why is it so difficult for us to share our feelings because if we truly if if we truly care about someone and if they truly care about us wouldn't they want to hear our feelings Mm. you know wouldn't they want to hear it but but because we're scared and maybe maybe there is a relationship that is not so safe you know maybe maybe the other person doesn't have the emotional intelligence to be able to handle our feelings and so we've learned then therefore to to to, to not make the other person angry, to, to, to not say anything. But then at the end of the day, we're the ones that's suffering. We're the ones that are not getting our needs met. We're the ones that are not um, feeling well. Maybe we have anxiety symptoms or, like you said, physical illness symptoms or depression. It's going to come out in some other way. Mm. So I would first want to really validate and understand that. But although we never had a choice in our past, we do have choices now. And that's where I would look at, like, where, what is your role now that's not, uh, that's repeating the same pattern almost? What, what, where would you go? What would you do? What would I do with? If, uh, if a client, like you said, that was coming up and was, oh. was stuck in that same pattern over and over and feeling very bitter and angry. Well, I like the way you brought it to, uh, to understanding how you got into this pattern. I, I guess the only thing I would add on to that is what do you want the end of the story to be? Wow. You know, what's what do you want to see happen here? Mm-hmm. If you want to write a story on how you've been victimized, mm. I'll help you write it. Yeah. Or we can write a story on empowerment and changing your relationship. You said something very interesting. You said that um, someone who cares about you would want to hear your emotions. And I think that's a very insightful and important statement. Although I caution people when people, when you first say your emotions, the person may not, it, it's hard sometimes to hear when somebody you love is mad at you. So sometimes well-meaning people don't always give the right response, but that doesn't mean they don't want to hear it. Yeah. And a relationship that can't survive a conflict, which is one of my biggest beliefs, is not a relationship. And it's not strong enough to begin with. Right. And and how I kind of look at it, because everyone handles things very differently. So I kind of test people out first. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'll kind of like send out an emotion and I'll just be curious. Oh, okay, that's the reaction. And it's so hard because emotions get involved. Yeah. And it's so hard to not trigger my wound of, oh, again, I'm not being heard or right. like, again, I'm being dismissed. But to say, okay, um, you know, they didn't have a very good reaction. So is there a different way that I can maybe say it, a different approach or, you know, keep trying? Because at the end of the day, some people say my clients, well, I want to keep trying. Like, you know, if, if uh, and I'm not saying try a million times because then maybe boundaries and reconsider the relationship is, is something eventually might have to do. But I mean, you know, not just give up at the first time that you expressed yourself because, you know, some people might need more time and maybe you were triggering their wounds, right? This actually, when they get upset, it might say more about them. Like they might need to take care of themselves uh, first before they can be there for your feelings. So I would always want to try one time first before we uh, we give up so easily. That's a good point. And I, I think when we come back, we'll talk about setting yourself up for success because there's also setting up a discussion that's going to go well or set 
I mean, we can't know for sure, but there's also guaranteed ways to know it's not going to go well. So don't go far. We'll tell you about those when we come right back on Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Change your life forever with the latest cutting-edge products for home study treatment for anxiety. Featuring the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression and host of Straight Talk, Sandra Reich. Sandra is joined by top therapist Georgia Dow in this revolutionary anxiety videos therapy series. Thousands of people have benefited from this scientifically proven treatment approach. Isn't it time you chose yourself? Visit anxiety-videos.com right now. That's anxiety-videos.com and change your life forever. Join the therapist who is affectionately known as the couple whisperer, Sandra Reich, on her famous couple retreats and change your life forever. Sandra offers couple retreats in beautiful locations several times a year that can radically change your love life. Couples describe her retreats as life-changing. Regain that loving feeling. Bring your intimacy to a new level and rediscover excitement and joy. Find out more at helpforanxietydepression.com or call 514-796-4357. We all want love and safety. Now you can have it. Call 514-796-4357 or helpforanxietydepression.com. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. To connect with the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Now, back to Straight Talk. Here's Sandra Reich. Hi, we are back. This is Sandra Reach indeed, and I'm talking about a topic I feel very passionate about. It seems to me there's a lot to say on it. So one of the things I said before the break is um, you, when somebody has kept their emotions in for a long time and they believe that their partner or their friend or their coworker will not hear them well, I've noticed that people have a tendency to set it up to prove themselves to be right. Like I, the human psyche is such that we do like to be right more than we like to be happy quite a lot. So example, If I want to go to my husband with an issue um, and I'm nervous about it because will he hear me if I grew up in a family of origin where I wasn't heard and I go talk to him at a time when he's sleepy or hungry, he will do exactly what I fear he will do. He will shut me down. Mm. Okay. He might say something very, very offensive. He might be dismissive, but That's not great on his part, but the question is, why would I choose a time where it's unlikely I'm going to get the response I want? And the answer to that is that unconsciously, I want to prove myself right, that nobody will ever listen or care about my feelings. So you have to be, if you're starting this process, you have to be careful. You have to really take some ownership of your feelings. Do I personally think, and I do this all the time in my life, a little bit of journaling, um, to see if you're, you've got your head on straight, so to speak, you know, because you're reactive at first, right? You're offended. So I do a lot of journaling to see where, where I'm at. Is this mine? Is this his? Is it ours? 
whoever it is, and then I decide what I want to say, and then choosing a time that I'm not reactive and a time that the other person would be available for a good conversation. On the couple retreats, we literally teach couples to ask. I know people don't do this, but it's actually a good idea to say to your partner or your friend, is this a good time to talk? Could we talk for a few minutes instead of just pouncing? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Because, and what you said too, is that we want to prove that we're mm-hmm. right. And this is what we talked about before. We want to replicate like those family dramas and maintain that connection with that drama. And that in itself, do you think that, and when we, and also too, when we say it in that moment, it's because, you know, sometimes for me, I'm so upset that I need just to get it out. <laughs> you know, I can't wait if the, if it's a good time for somebody yeah, else. That I, don't, was my I don't care if it's time. a good time for someone else. Yeah, that's right. But I got myself in a lot of trouble. <laughs> a lot of that. trouble, a lot of yeah. trouble. But that that initial reaction when I'm resentful and I'm angry and I react on it more out of reaction, can that be addictive? Oh, that's such a good question. I'm, and I'm, there's two parts to it. I want to go back to what you said a second ago and then I'll address that. Because when you said um, when you want it solved, you want it resolved right away. Now. That's an anxiety response. And and believe me, it's that's an attachment style and it's one that I have. Um, many times in my life when I am triggered or upset, I really want to get it resolved right away. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is an Achilles heel. I've had to mm-hmm. really work on that and learn to um, reflect and breathe. And I'm sure you have had to work on that too, because you know if you do it in, right in the moment, that can be problematic. Oh, yeah. My, my sister was funny. We were talking about this, but my sister, when we used to fight, um, she, would, she would have to study and I would f- follow her every room she was trying to go in just to have space. She's like, I can't have this argument now. I need to study. And because I wanted it solved now, I wanted to fix it because I love her. Like I would follow her yeah, literally. <laughs> literally in each room and say, no, we're talking about this now. And how did she react? Oh, very, 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 very poorly and then I end up getting hurt right right Mm -hmm. so that's one piece of it and then to your question Mm -hmm. um, when you start standing up for yourself I think what you're talking about is when you start standing up for yourself um, you could get a little bit addicted to the feeling of asserting Mm -hmm. yourself we Mm -hmm. see this often with people is they they decide I'm going to have boundaries and all of a sudden so the therapist first gets it like you're late Mm -hmm. I'm showing a boundary Mm -hmm. and then it keeps going and going and it can become not only addictive it can become something that's not boundaries it's barriers and it's really problematic is that what you mean? Exactly because I find too with a lot of my clients especially the ones that suppress a lot of the feelings it's like once they find this power now it's It's a new toy it's a new toy (laughs) it's like wow and and sometimes it becomes like the other end of the spectrum (laughs) yeah much. Where now it's too much. Yeah. And 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 it can come out in a very aggressive way. And it's like finally we're standing what is up too for much. Us. Well, the, just like the way that it comes across. Remember, we talk. We have to really separate that anger is a very helpful, healthy emotion. But the behavior of anger is usually what we see. Right. And um, anger is okay. Slapping you across the face not is so much. not okay. Yeah. Right. And yelling and not okay. Having an attitude in my voice not okay. Right. right, but, right, the, right. but the feeling is okay. And sometimes when we get that need to like, we're like, yes, I'm standing up for myself I got yeah. this I'm, I'm standing up all these years I didn't stand up for myself and now I'm standing up for myself it's like a signal of strength and this can become very rewarding right in the short term this feeling can be very powerful and very addictive right and it, beca- and it can become a habit the problem with that is what 
Well, you know, like we said, first of all, the reward center of the brain always gets addicted to that feeling. I, I think it could invite even being a rageaholic. I really do, you know, because I think asserting yourself in boundaries and not being resentful is wonderful. But I also think you have to choose your battles. And I do talk a lot about that. So I think that the reward center keeps going off. You just keep doing it. Yeah. Oh, yes. And there was another thing I'm about with you about, oh, yes, and you did this. And, yeah. I, and all of a sudden, the person's like, What's going on? Yeah, it's just like one thing after another. And that's because, you know, like you said, it's 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 rewarding and it singles that signals that reward system. And again, we do things that that make us feel good, even if it's short lived. And so in the morning, in the moment, this feeling feels really good. The problem with that is that this euphoria will actually turn against you. Oh, yeah. And then we don't know how to get rid of the resentment. Right. Right. We end up saying all this, but we don't actually really feel better. Yeah. You know, that's such a valuable point. Thank you for that, Melissa. It's so important. And we have to be careful about that. And while you were talking, I was also thinking about the fact that, you know, we're talking a lot about going up to someone, talking about your emotions, and hopefully getting a resolution. Mm -hmm. But I want to add into the equation you know, so you're getting high on doing this. And what if there is no resolution, like your partner or your friend was not mm-hmm. there for you at a key moment in your life yeah. um, and you can't replay it. They didn't show up to your wedding or, you know, the, he walked out of the room in childbirth. Mm-hmm. You can, That's where we have a new problem. And that's yeah. that's a big one because people get stuck. In it. I've had a few of those in my life where and you know when it's happening, the moment can't be made up. Yeah. So then you have a dilemma, right? Because. Mm-hmm. That's where we're gonna where we're going in this conversation is you have resentment or what? Mm-hmm. What's the other option, Melissa? Mm-hmm. Forgiveness. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. That is the other option. Yeah, and and a lot. This is the biggest, hardest one because you're Oof. right. Once when there's resolution, it's like okay, good, great. I can you know when you're talking about the the argument with your husband. Okay, good. It's it's, it's resolved. resolved. It's resolved. We can move on. We can we can be good right now. Uh, but the problem is that when there is a lot of hurt and they cannot resolve this feeling it's really hard to let go of because very hard yeah and so forgiveness because now it's kind of like we're the only other option we're at a fork in the road mm. right and so you have a choice and the choice I tell my clients is yours you know if if we want to stay in resentment then okay but you you can't live there without any consequences and so we're at a fork in the road and we can either continue to choose to be resentful or we can try the path of forgiveness. And forgiveness is really hard. It's not like a light switch to say, okay, I forgive you. But to me, forgiveness does not mean that the other person, what they did was okay. It does not mean that you accept it. You're just saying, I can no longer hold on to this. I'm letting go. I'm letting go. I'm letting go. It's a really important skill for people to have because if you look at it just from a psychologically adaptive point of view, if someone missed your wedding and you're holding on to the anger, that's your quote. That's Mm -hmm. your quote about the poison because Mm -hmm. what is that doing for you? Mm -hmm. And so you say, so you would say to a therapist, but I don't want to forgive them. It wasn't okay. They didn't come to the wedding. No, it wasn't okay. And as you said, forgiveness is not saying the behavior was okay, Mm -hmm. but it's letting it go and releasing it. You know, Melissa, there's been things that have happened in my life. Mm -hmm. You know, we share, we're close Mm -hmm. um, where I've had to let go and release it. It's not mine. And it's, I don't want this to define me. Mm-hmm. You don't want a moment in your life to define you. Well, and that's another important part is that sometimes, you know, we have to be willing to live without this resentment because sometimes people hold on to the resentment for years. I've 
I've seen it so much. Yeah, me too. Years and years. And sometimes it becomes our identity. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And you almost see it on their face at yeah. a certain point. Yes. Yeah. So forgiveness, again, to review, is the art of letting go and choosing. I love the way you said it. You're. It's basically... you said this before it's like I choose not to be a resentful person I don't want to hold resentment in my body don't want to get physically sick and I don't want to be a bitter person Mm -hmm. so I'm like I'm releasing this it happened I'm not happy about it but I'm done with it I finished with it I grieved it Mm -hmm. it's done can you come back from that can I come back like I mean there's big things you can't forgive but you never have that person in your life but if we were friends and you didn't come to my wedding in that example and I decide to forgive you can we come back together as a relationship is it possible to do or is it too hard well it depends right but I think I think once you forgive definitely that bridges the gap uh, resentment will keep always that distance and you'll always kind of collect new information about why they're a bad person right but forgiveness will really kind of uh, bridge that gap and and um, and that's where you know to say that trying to it's so hard to do but trying to give like this loving kindness there's a lot of meditations on this too sometimes um you know we're we're really stuck and again we get stuck in the story but positive concern for someone so you're not saying what they did was okay you're not saying you're not agreeing with what they did but you can say that they're a human and they made mistakes it wasn't okay it came at my price but you know they made a mistake and when you try to practice having caring, loving feelings towards them, even if you're angry, and that's the thing, that you can you can try to give this loving kindness, kindness, as if, because we all want to be treated with kindness. So if we give them this kindness, then resentment and positive concern, they cannot coexist. You know, if we, if we keep, like you said, if we're on that path and we, we keep kindness to ourselves and kindness to the other person even if they hurt us even if they betrayed us even if what they did was the unimaginable um again we have a choice we can either show not kindness to them but like kindness by myself i don't know how to explain i don't have to be kind to them but just like kind that i'm sending i'm sending positive Right, because I don't want the toxicity. I don't want the toxicity in my body, right? And so just because we're at that fork in the road, if you choose the path of forgiveness, it doesn't mean you have to forgive them. Like uh, It doesn't mean when you choose that path. You don't have to go for coffee. Yeah, you don't have to go for coffee, and it it doesn't mean that you've already forgiven them. But when you you have a choice in that moment when you're uh, ruminating and harping on this, this, this resentment, you know, as long as we say, okay, I'm just choosing the path of forgiveness. It doesn't mean I have to be there yet. As long as I'm on that path. And and that means if I'm on that path, then I'm not on that resentment path. So, you know, it's a process. You'll get there. It's forgiveness is not overnight. But as long as you're choosing that path is a step. That's the first step. It's a huge step. And I think you really laid that out very clearly for people. When mm-hmm. we come back, we'll talk about this question I see in your notes that's so brilliant. What would happen if I wasn't resentful to Ooh, this person? I like that one. So, what's your question? It's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will be right back on Straight Talk with Sandra Rich. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. 
Join the therapist who is affectionately known as the couple whisperer, Sandra Reich, on her famous couple retreats and change your life forever. Sandra offers couple retreats in beautiful locations several times a year that can radically change your love life. Couples describe her retreats as life-changing. Regain that loving feeling. Bring your intimacy to a new level and rediscover excitement and joy. Find out more at helpforanxietydepression.com or call 514-796-4357. We all want love and safety. Now you can have it. Call 514-796-4357 or helpforanxietydepression.com. Change your life forever with the latest cutting-edge products for home study treatment for anxiety. Featuring the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression and host of Straight Talk, Sandra Reich. Sandra is joined by top therapist Georgia Dow in this revolutionary anxiety videos therapy series. Thousands of people have benefited from this scientifically proven treatment approach. Isn't it time you chose yourself? Visit anxiety-videos.com right now. That's anxiety-videos.com and change your life forever. Your life, your health, your network. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. To connect with the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Now, back to Straight Talk. Here's Sandra Reich. Okay, so we're back on Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. I am a Sandra Reich. I'm a licensed psychotherapist and the director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression, where the lovely and very brilliant Melissa works. And we were just telling her on the break how good she is on this topic because she's very passionate about emotions. And we talked before the break about the, this very important question of that I, I saw it on your paper and I thought it was such a good question. What would happen if I wasn't resentful, that's an important question to ask yourself. What would happen if I wasn't resentful to this person, towards this person? Yeah. Where did that come from, this question? What does this mean? Well, it's it's kind of like we, like you said, we, we often stay stuck in that resentment. And so I often ask my clients the flip side, like what would life be like? What would life look like if you didn't hold on to this? One, it can show, it, it helps the people to see how much this is hurting you. Right. Because sometimes we're so in it that it's hard to see. Sometimes we're like, well, it's not hurting me. It's just like I'm just really angry. Right. And I'm really resentful. So one, it helps the person to see how much it's hurting and how much they're missing out. Right. Because life would look like this if we were to if like what would it look like if we were to let it go? Mm. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Well, I think that asking a question like that is brilliant. And I would add it on to this concept that I see also in your notes that is such an important one. And it's one I do is to write down. I would add that question to my journal. What would my life be like if I let this go? Mm-hmm. Um, I would describe my resentments in my writing and um, what happened and how it's impacted my life and mm-hmm. how keeping it alive is impacting my life. Mm-hmm. I'm also big on, um, it's a strategy that's not on your paper um, that I like. Um, I argue the other person's side. It's Mm. really hard to do, but Mm. it's a really great strategy. Usually people are like, really, you want me to do that? 
I really think that's a great strategy when you're furious with someone, argue their case in yeah. your journal. Yeah. Works like a charm. Yeah, I actually do this with clients. Um it's it's called the empty chair technique. Right. But I have them play out the 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 the, the both sides. Right. Right. So they sit in one chair expressing their resentment and then I have them sit in the empty chair and they play out the other person. Right. And so it's a it's a very cool exercise because it starts off very angry and one sided, but then you know, it, it's cool because then they get to see that, okay, like even though it wasn't dealt with properly, that maybe there's a reason. There's always a reason. And that's why I love that that two things can be true at the exact same time. Yeah. Right? That their feelings, even though it might not have come out right, that maybe there's a there's a reason for it and, and there's a reason for my feelings and both are right. Not one is right and one is wrong. That how do we come to a place where we can both hear each other and communicate that instead of trying to prove who's right and how how a competition of who hurt who the most. That's right. And I think that sometimes we get resistance in clients and people do not want to argue their the other side of the story. And that's a choice too. That means you're someone and if you're listening to this and this is you, it's okay, but you need to acknowledge that perhaps you are driving the car of resentment. You're mm-hmm. keeping it alive. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems to me that um, in your research, you have a, acknowledged that resentment is about acknowledging an unmet need. Yeah. Can you say a few words on that? Yeah. So a lot of times, you know, we all have needs, right? Needs are very important. And most of the time when we get angry or resentful is because a need has been unmet, right? Whether it's unmet by us. Right, very important because we often think that somebody else didn't meet those needs, but maybe we could have also not met our own need. Mm. What's an example of of somebody not mm. uh, meeting their own needs themselves? Oh well, you know, I mean, for me, it's a classic example. Generally, when I feel people are not um, being attentive to me or neglecting me, um, it it's almost energetic. It guaranteed usually means I'm not taking care of myself mm. and I'm not attending to myself. Yeah. And where it's really exciting is that when I acknowledge, well, you know, hold on, I'm waiting for the world to acknowledge me, but I don't acknowledge me. The irony of this, I'm glad you brought this up, is when I start to acknowledge myself, it's really weird. But people. all of a sudden, people start to take care of me. I have a classic example. I think I've mentioned on the radio before, when I'm sick, I get into a very, like, you know, my parents aren't alive. I go, you know, we all want our parents when we're sick. I can be up there in that bed feeling really alone. And like, why is someone not coming and taking care of me and saying, poor you? And I go, wait a second. Have I said poor you to you? And the moment I do, who's coming up the stairs with like a bowl of soup? It's unbelievable. But, you know, we attract in others what we give to ourselves. So your question was a brilliant question mm-hmm. is until we take care of those needs, we're not going to get the mess. We're not. We're not. And we're going to keep trying to search for them in other people. But the reality is that other people sometimes can't. Like yeah. we have to be there for ourselves when other people can't. Because yeah. we can't rely on other people, but we can guarantee that we can rely on ourselves. Yes, so important. Say that again. Right? We can guarantee that we can rely on ourselves when we can't rely on other people. But I bet all your patients say to you, as yeah. they do to me, you won't feel as good if you do it for yourself as if someone else did it. Yeah, I disagree. You disagree? Yeah. Okay, so you think it does feel good if you do it for yourself. Yeah, because I can, it's a hundred on a hundred. Like, yeah. instead of you know, sometimes it does, you know, no doubt it does feel good when someone else gives it to us. But when we can, when I've learned to give myself that need and, and know that I can trust that it's, I can be, I have my own back 100% of the time. 
Yeah. Right. If I be honest with myself, if I ask myself this question, right. if I'm not, I can also disappoint myself. Right. But but when we ask ourselves what un- unmet need is underneath this resentment, you know, we can try to seek it out in other people. But you're right. It's, it's trying to seek it out in ourselves first. Yeah. I think that's probably the most important thing that we've said here today is mm-hmm. your resentment may be, in fact, telling you about an unmet need in yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you feel your partner is non-committal. Are you committal to yourself? Yes. Maybe you feel your partner is neglecting. Are you taking care of yourself? I think you said this is like it just reminded me of how whatever we come. Yeah, you said this a lot that whatever we complain in somebody else, it's because we're, we might not we may not be doing that to ourselves. Yeah. You know, like the example of, you know, when we see someone on the couch and taking yeah, that's time. For, <laughs> that's yours. So when you take time for it's yourself. Yeah. I'm, I'm just joking. But <laughs> yeah, but but maybe we're resentful. But, you know, that's an unneed met that we're not giving ourselves. Yeah. And no. so we're angry at the other person. But really, it's because we're not. uh meeting that need ourselves yes yes and if you haven't been following the show i have to explain that little comment that i made (laughs) is that you know i'm a very type a personality and i don't give myself a lot of permission to relax i did marry a man who's really good at relaxing and for a long time i was very resentful about it and when i when it turned around and i connected the dots i realized that he gives himself permission to do what i never give myself permission to do Mm -hmm. so instead of being resentful i took a page from his book and took some time to relax and ironically he took a page from my book (laughs) and sometimes didn't relax so some there's a time for relax, there's a time not for relax. Good marriages work like that. Good relationships work like that. Instead of finding a bad guy and a good guy, let's learn from each other. Uh, Melissa, you know, what can I say? <laughs> you just killed this show, and I'm sure people are going to want to know how can they reach you if they want to work with you, if they want to be in touch, what do they do? You can call the center. The number is 514-777-4530. And they can also go on the website, which is helpforanxietydepression.com. And on October 30th, we have our open house 100% free. So if you're in the Montreal area, you definitely want to call 514-777. Did I say it four times or three times? 777-4530 and hold your spot because Melissa will be there. And what are you speaking on? I'm actually talking about suppressed emotions Uh and how it relates to anxiety. Melissa, thank you so much for coming on the show. You're awesome. And uh, we'll, I think we have you next week, actually. Yes, Again, next we're week. so lucky. And I we'll see you, see you next at week. The free lecture series in uh, West Island of Montreal if you're here. Um, I'd like to thank all you guys for listening to the show. Uh, we really appreciate it. We'd love to hear from you. You can contact us through info at helpforanxietydepression.com. If you'd like to hear this show or any previous show, you can listen to it on my website, straighttalksandrareach.com, or on the podcast app of your iPhone and on iTunes under Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. And feel free to leave a question for me or Melissa at any time, and you can join us also on our Facebook page, which is, again, Straight Talk Sandra Reich. Um, my name is Sandra Reich. And I promise I'll help you learn to live your best life again next Thursday, same time, same channel. In the meanwhile, this is Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. Keep your eyes on the stars. Thank you for listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. We hope you've enjoyed today's show and we'll tune in again next Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Now, go live your best life.